Seba, the Southern Fraud Witch, and this is episode 60 of season 2. We are getting really close to that 100th episode, if you count the first season, (laughs) which I wish I'd never done seasons. (sighs) Now I feel locked in, but I wanted to come in here today and tell y'all that the power line that I fought so hard to have removed, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, that would be, uh, what? two, three episodes back, that would be the one I did with Byron Ballard. I told her about a a long spell that I did, kind of compound spell that took a minute, and, you know, they told me that they were going to remove it after all my begging and pleading and (laughs) requests and such, and yep, they woke me up pounding on the door yesterday, and it was fantastic. It was just wonderful to see. There is no longer a power line going over any of my property. (laughs) Well, let's see. um, The one reaching my house, and that's not very far. And that's not over the farm part of the land. So, yes, I won, and so did the trees. So we're very happy over here. Finally, I can see a sunset without looking at that ugly old thing hanging over my head. But today I also wanted to talk to y'all about Well, what I told y'all last week is that I was going to go rogue and start doing more bushcrafty witchcraft, meaning that I wasn't going to have any of the bells or whistles. And as one of my beloved doggies is having trouble, we don't know what's wrong with him. We have run all kinds of tests within our budget. And well, we're kind of up against a wall waiting for another payday. Those things are expensive. When he's only eight years old and he's my biggest dog weighing in usually somewhere between you know, 70 and 85 pounds, and he is not that right now. And we've had him tested for all the obvious things, and, well, now we just try to put weight on him. And anyway, I'm not going to throw y'all through all that. What's important here is that I found myself up against a bit of a proverbial wall. What I would normally do, well, I definitely would bring out one of my very favorite crystals. And I'm not very new age, y'all, but I have one that I trust and that I work with a lot when someone's sick. You know, on top of doing all the rest of the things, because science, baby, I do science. So, <laughs> And instead, what I've been doing for him, it was, it's going in my witch journal on my new experience for this year, is... um. Well, past his antibiotics and trying to find food that would maybe add on a little weight and keeping that appointment with his vet this week and making sure that he's being monitored, I did something rather, I guess, um, old school, something I've been doing a long time but haven't used for any kind of healing at all, and I don't know how, how long, at least a few years, and that's what happens when you lean on those bells and whistles just a little bit too much. And so what I did was I just blessed a bunch of my well water and really sank down into that healing property of that. And usually he just gets it directly out of the tap. So I filtered it and then I blessed it. And that is his special water now. 
And we'll see if that doesn't at least give him a bit of an edge up. He did suddenly feel a lot running and playing today, and that was interesting to me, but we'll see. I'm going to keep this particular thing under wraps a little bit and see what works and what doesn't. I hope I don't end up grieving at the end of it. But there's something else I did with my witchcraft as well. And um, I don't know if you've thought about this or read about it. But salt circles can be really horrific for the ground, for the earth. And it's been years since I've allowed that to touch my ground. It just rips it, you know, right away and burns it. And nothing can grow there. Really, really long time ago, I had a situation and somebody came out here and salted my ground in one particular place. And it just didn't grow anything for years and years. It has been healed, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you're outside, at least in my estimation, to create a circle made of something that would destroy where you sit. So I'm still learning. Like I said, I've stripped off everything and just seeing what I'm doing if I'm feral in the woods with my craft. And I had a whole lot of pine straw out there. Now, y'all, when I was a little girl, I would go outside and I would take pine straw. We have a lot of that down here. And I would make walls, I called it, basically a blueprint on the ground. <laughs> and I would set out to make a living room and a front porch and a kitchen and a doorway out of just pine straw. It was just an outline, but I had a wonderful imagination, and I felt so protected within that pond straw, and it is an astringent, so it occurred to me that I could do a pond straw circle, and I tell y'all what, I felt, and this just may be a fluke because I'm at the beginning of all this, but I felt, I guess, safer more protected than I usually do. It was uh, that tactile experience of gathering this in a certain way and connecting to the forest, or sorry, I always call it a forest when it's only a little wood, but connecting to the land in this manner and asking it to protect me while I sat within it, kind of in its lap, really, and did a little working. And, you know, it sure was easy to sweep up when I was cleaning up my energy and putting everything back to where it should be. It was, it was quite simple. Now, I did just sweep it away. I am going to do some thought, though, on should I take it up afterward and gather it and I may, may have burn it in a fire. I don't know. I'm going to do a little bit more thought on that because I also am not going to be going to anything other than the science on whether or not that would even, I mean, that could be bad for the environment, right? So that's where I am right now. I had this uh, wonderful idea of creating sort of a permanent protected space. I know y'all know that I grow mushrooms on inoculated logs, most of them. Although, do remind me at some point, somebody write to me and remind me to tell y'all about how I use them also in the garden. And there are ways to do that, and it's wonderful. But those logs, they have to be arranged in a certain way, like a pioneer fence, you know, so they can get air, but also so that you can get the mushrooms. And it has occurred to me that that might work out as a bit of um, a fence situation for a sackle space. 
that one I'm going to play with. I don't want to move them right now, especially after we have that deep freeze. Right now they're close to the ground and laying underneath the tarp. They'll all have to be repositioned, though, in the spring. So I'll get back with you on that. Mycelium is magic, too, y'all. And if I can find a way to work with that space, that might be wonderful. So anyhow, those are the two things. I know they're small, but you got to start out small that I have done. I've been a little overwhelmed lately with work and a little overwhelmed with um, my sick doggy. So this is the most I got done in a week, but it's something and I'm writing and taking notes and we're going to see where it gets me. Another thing that's going to go on my agenda is uh, I drink wine. (laughs) I don't know if y'all realize that or not. I love wine. It is my favorite uh, beverage of choice. Well, that and sweet tea and coffee. But you get the idea. And it's really, I've tried it and I've done it, but it is so difficult for me to bless wine for a sacrificial ritual of some sort. I mean, I don't know what that is. That resistance is just in that wine's molecular structure. It already belongs somewhere, you know, and there's not a lot of connection between me and that. And speaking as a farmer witch, I'm telling you that that kind of connection does matter. But then again, I can be a Puritan. We all know that when it comes to growing things. So, But that got me back around. I have been so busy and I'm probably going to be, well, temporarily regretting my next choice because it does mean getting down to the nitty gritty of something and spending more time. However, I grow muscadines and I grow pears. Lots of pears. And so I have decided that I am going to attempt. I did it a long time ago. I made mead a long, long time ago when it was divine. But I think I'm going to just go on and set in and make my own wine. And this isn't just for, you know, fun. I'm going to make it for these rituals that I'm going to be creating from scratch. Of course, I'm not going to be able to enjoy that wine for a while, but maybe by the end of the year I can. (laughs) We'll just see what that alcohol content ends up being. So that's a neat thing I'm going to add to it, to this year of going off grid, magically speaking. Really is a perfect year to do it, don't y'all think? I mean, after the power line was taken down. You know, I already don't bring a cell phone or any other technology anywhere near my actual magical workings. I, it's energy and I find that it tends to interfere. So at least for me, at least the way I operate, uh, I'm sure there's some technological witches and such out there and I'm not one of them. Could be a function of my age or it could be that connection to the farm. I don't know, but I can't have it. And I have cheated and used a lighter to, um, well, to start fires or any little spell I might want to burn. And that has got to end. My partner is quite good at bushcrafting. And so I am going to ask for his advice on something small that I could use. A striker of some sort. Kind of want to make my own matches, but we'll see about that. I do want to tell y'all about what's already kind of stirring in me. Because this is a big experiment. (laughs) It's as close to a scientific experiment as I can get on the craft for myself. And that is, I slept better. I know it's weird. 
I slept better uh, last night and the night before. It was something to do with that piece of just sitting in the woods and, well, I do talk to them, and I know you know if you are one of me who them are. I did talk to them about my idea and my endeavor. I tell y'all one thing, though. I'm going to be careful what I say, and I have to be careful what I say because I don't want to pollute the experiment, but it is not the time of year for lightning bugs or fireflies or whatever y'all call them. It is not that time of year. (laughs) If I didn't know any better, I would think several of them joined me that evening in the woods right as it started to get dark and before my partner pulled up in the yard. We'll leave that one there. So I've struggled quite a bit with what my first ritual writing is going to be. But I think that it's become quite evident that the first ritual I will write is one that reintroduces me to the land that I already reside upon and a bit of a a rededication of sorts. I know that might seem strange because I already am an organic witch. Um, I don't allow anybody to dump any chemicals on the land. I work very careful with my fires and I don't put anything in there that would, you know, insult anything that lives around here. And for those fires, I only use dead wood. I mean, you know. But this is a different thing I'm embarking upon. And I want their help. I want the land spirits' help if they're willing. Or at least, um, I reckon their permission. And I've written a spell about that in the past. Oh, I'm sorry. Not a spell. A ritual. Big difference. But I think I need some sort of rededication. If I'm going to go on a journey and I want to do it in a way that immerses me into the land and all of its beating and non-beating hearts, if you will, I think I need something that will actually help get me there. So as soon as I can figure out what the hell that's called, I'll let you know. But that is the thing I think I want to write for this month. So I've also come up with that. You know, I reckon that this might be boring for some of y'all. I just want to dig in here and tell you, I promise I won't bore y'all with my journey the entire way through. I get that that would be exhausting and it's not what you signed up to hear. But I did want to talk to you about it as I sank into it because I, I would hope anyway that the process is going to help me grow and evolve. And while I'm always going to have the same, you know, I guess, tree trunk (laughs) structure of my identity. I might grow new branches over here. And so I wanted y'all to see it as it happens. Let me know if I go too far in this kind of sharing. Y'all know my grandbaby will now be coming over here on Saturdays. I will be babysitting her. Saturdays are usually the days I grade all day long. Unless I'll just hope that... This will be the year I can finally quit one of those horrible jobs. (laughs) But I'm up for the challenge because I think that, you know, it's been a long time. Let's see, on the last baby I had, 26 years since I've had a tiny witchling running about. And I, I don't know how I did it back then. I don't know how I balanced it all. But I suppose I should consider her in all of this. One of the things that is embedded in my mind's eye A wonderful memory. I think I've spoken to it before. My grandma had grapevines, not muscadine, grape in her backyard. 
I mean, we had muscadine everywhere. We have wild muscadine down here, y'all, and scuppernon. It's just everywhere. But she wanted real grapes. That's what she wanted. And she came from folk who, well, her sisters made homemade wine in a porcelain tub on a back screened-in porch. And, uh, oh, they weren't her sisters. I'm so sorry. I'm getting old, y'all. They were her aunts. So they were my great aunties. And they were fantastic. Lived all by themselves out in the woods, off grid. It was gorgeous. I loved it. But one of my memories of Grandma is she would go out there, you know, throughout the year as her grapevines began to grow longer. And we all know we got to keep them kind of clipped back to a certain extent. But when they would get to that arch, I can still see her fingers weaving and braiding and working with these vines. It mattered to me. She would tell stories as she braided them along and wove them, interlaced them within each other. And all those stories, every time I remember those stories, I see those hands working those vines. You know, the one thing about her, she was patient. (laughs) She had her a magical grandbaby and she was patient. Magical grandbabies (laughs) ask too many questions and they get in trouble a lot. Um, they try things before they're ready, and they don't listen very well to know. You know, they're they're just not your average um, kid. Uh, and I wasn't the average one either. So it will be a new experience for me to take my grandbaby along the ride with me as I, well, take care of the pears. And we don't have muscadine vines in the front. We have scuppern on copper. Covering on, they're gorgeous. Y'all would love them. They're just so wonderful. And I got a lot of work to do, so I think the best way to keep her little magical fingers busy is to put them to work on that. <laughs> and that's going to be a lot of fun, too. You know, sharing your magic, I don't know if y'all know this, but it always, always tends to be, at least to me, it deepens the experience. And I've told y'all, I feel a sense of urgency. I feel... Well, and rightly so, I feel that time is running out. Even if it's not running out quickly, it's running out. And I don't want to miss anything, including little fingers braiding scuppernon vines and digging up garlic bulbs. Wouldn't that be fun? And on that note, I probably will be writing some little rituals or chants to say while we're digging up garlic and braiding it. You know, it occurs to me that almost every story that I have about Well, anything that created me for the good was with my grandma. I've gone ahead and gotten a new journal, and this journal is very special. It's just going to tell the story of my journey and nothing else. You know, back when I was a professor, I mean, I am a professor, but when I was a live professor, and believe me, there is a difference. I told my students one time we were talking about audience. We were talking about, I believe, the art of persuasion, different forms of rhetorical maneuvers that you can do in writing. And I, of course, wanted them to think about their audience. We, you know, need to care about the audience uh, or they're not going to listen to us. But it did occur to me and I did tell them that they should be thinking about this all the time anyway, because we always assume an audience. I mean, if you don't believe me, Go look at some of your old diaries and journals from when you were a teenager. (laughs) 
Because, you know, we always are assuming someone's listening to us. And of course, there always is. I could make an argument for always wondering who might pick up our writings one day and read them after we're gone. Or a lot of us, like myself, who had their mother take their journal when they were 13 and um, Xerox copy it and send it to all of their family members. Maybe we're just a little worried somebody in the here and now will. (laughs) Yikes. But, you know, uh, witches, we always believe that something's listening. It could be the fair folk. It could be the trees. It could be our ancestors. It could be the land spirits. It could be whatever god or goddess that we have dedicated ourselves to. But the one that matters I believe, the most when we are journaling and the one we forget about and the one I think it's really critical to accept is going to be, an, a, well, an auditor of our work is ourselves. Any journal worth its salt is going to ask you to reflect later on. Otherwise, why even write it down unless you're going to burn it, right? So if you're keeping it as a shadow work, you or the audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can almost hear the echo as I'm scribbling something. I can almost hear myself reading this later. And hopefully, hopefully I will. The really awesome, I mean awesome fucking thing, y'all, about accepting that you are an audience to your writing, your rituals, everything you do. The most amazing thing about that is that you have to either accept that you're going to lie to yourself or tell yourself the raw truth. And if you dig down into that little mystery I just gave you, you look hard into the eyes of that one. Well, if you're not going to do that, then perhaps it's best not to even bother with shadow work because it's really not for anybody but who you wish you were or who people think you might be. It certainly isn't who you actually are in that moment. So the very first thing I said to my journal was, I'm going to tell you the truth, even if it is painful, even if it doesn't make me look good, even if I worry about having to read it later, I'm just going to tell you the damn truth. Well, I immediately panicked out there in the woods. I immediately felt that paranoia almost. That one day somebody might read it and I immediately assuaged myself because I promised I was going to tell the truth to me. And I said, hey, honey, you can burn it. That's on the table. (laughs) That is on the table. The rule that I made for myself that moment, the agreement, if you will, was that I would have to read it all first at the end of this year. I will have to sit down, possibly with a very tall glass of wine, and read everything I wrote. And if I decide to keep it, I can. And if it's just too hard, I can burn it. The entire purpose of it was to show myself how I grew or didn't grow or what I learned that I didn't know and what happens when I stripped down and it was just me and my magical thumping heart out in the woods. So even though one of my dear patrons, Al, it's a shout out for you. I love you, honey. 
who was one of the OG, one of the first patrons who ever supported my little broke ass over here trying to podcast around the wilds of Alabama. But yeah, he had this wonderful idea that I could publish it at the end of the year or something that I wrote from it. And that is true. I could. We will see. (laughs) We will see. Because um, I want to give myself the freedom to also just light it on fire, baby. This little trip I'm making is all for me. And I've told y'all before, it is okay to do things for you. It's essential, actually. I mean, I have responsibilities. I know how much my boys need me. I know how much my partner needs me. I know how much that grandbaby of mine needs me. And to tell you the truth, I really won't stick around for her the most because um, she doesn't know me that well. (laughs) I would like to impart everything I can before I leave. But I have to have a space for me too. So I'm going to be as honest as I can be this year in that journal, in that shadow work, and I will decide its fate at the end of the year. I want to tell y'all something. This is a little bit exciting. I know it doesn't seem like much, taking myself on all these journeys right here. (laughs) But it is. It is because I've made them a priority. I mean, it's all the same feelings of going to somewhere new. I'm a little scared. I'm not sure I have the uh, chutzpah for the job. A little worried about what will happen to everything if I just break down all the pretty little walls I've got built around my life. I tell you what keeps me going though. It's not all bravery and courage and yippee kaye motherfucker. It's that tattoo I get at the end of the year. That's it. I've wanted a full long tattoo rolling down my arm since, gosh, at least a decade. Couldn't decide what's going to go on it. All of this is going to go on it. That means I got to roll up my sleeves and get to work. And if that means crying and gnashing my teeth and being uncomfortable, we're excited. That's what I'm about to do. Do write into me. I need to know whether or not y'all want to know about these experiences. I know y'all are used to me telling stories about my past. I know you were used to me just sort of um, sharing my view on magic and growing stuff. I get all that. So if I'm out of line and taking y'all with me, I need to know. And this is not, I mean, what I'm saying is not performative. I told y'all to tell you the truth when I first started this in 2019. I'm telling y'all the truth right now. If you don't want to hear this stuff, if you don't think it's going to fit with what you've become accustomed to, I will attempt to continue uh, that way. If you want to know about it, though, I do need to know. Should I leave it on this podcast or start a new one? Either way, I need to hear from y'all, and that would be what I'd want to hear about. Going rogue with your witchcraft, pulling all the damn stops out, going naked, (laughs) figuratively speaking. I mean, literally, if you feel like it, honey, send me stories about that. I want to hear them, and I'd love to read them on the air. I do believe the magic is sometimes just outside the door of what everybody else thinks it should be. Kind of like church, you know? When trying to talk to one of my Christian friends about speaking to this thing for a long time, I'm going to leave his name out of this, but he's a prominent figure, and I've asked him and asked him because I do believe that it's difficult to find what he calls God 
in a building. I wouldn't say it was impossible. I would say it's a little harder. There's so much to learn, you know, from nature. And by the way, y'all, this is what makes me a pagan, unabashedly pagan witch. They're just too intrinsically linked together. I can't imagine not being one. So if you have experiences like that, that are just a little bit off the beaten path, if you would, yeah, do share that with me. I'd love to hear it. All right, I've got a couple of shout outs today. Hold up. I would like to, from the bottom of my heart, thank Karen, Tracy, Heather, and Malia. Those are our newest patrons, and it means so much to this podcast. I couldn't do it without you. There was that requisite loss that happens at the end of a year and at the holidays, and it was a bit of a blow. And here all you sugar babies come in, and thank you so very much. Welcome to the Bat Children family, and thank you for keeping my silly old butt on the air. All right, y'all. I got some bushcrafting to do, (laughs) and I'm excited about doing it. Don't forget to write in. Love y'all like chicken. Talk to you next week. Blessed be. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.